This episode of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast is brought to you by Palms and Parks. They are high-quality t-shirts and tank tops that have cool, fun designs that help show off your love for Disney in a unique and smart way. Visit them at palmsandparks.com and check out what their store has to offer. There's something there for everyone. If you'd walk this way, I'd like to welcome you to the NDP studio. Hey, all right. How do, people? Hey, hey, hey. What's a hey, hey, hey? How you doing? What are you guys still doing here? We're working. Go record your show. Everyone, I would like to introduce our manager. Sorry, folks. We gotta go. Klein, can you get my show notes, man? I'll get them for you. Wait, wait, wait. They all want to go with you. Wait a minute. I love that idea. Let's bring them all with us to the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 33 of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. My name is Bryce. I'm here with Chris. Simon. Hello, everybody. We appreciate you listening. If you want to join in on our discussion, you can join us on Facebook. Just search the Nocturnal Disney Podcast and join a little group. You can email me at my email address, which is Bryce at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. And you can say something quick to me on Twitter at Disney Nocturnal. You can also find me on Instagram at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. How can people get a hold of you, Chris? Uh, they can get me on Instagram. Just uh, Chris Ruiz co-host. You can catch me on Instagram and talk Disney, I guess. Nice. <laughs> At least just see pictures of Disney, I guess. I like the thing that you do at the mugs, man. That's that's nice stuff. We have quite a bit to talk about this week since we were not here last week. And that is both of our faults. Chris couldn't get in here when we usually record. And then we're like, all right, well, fine. Let's record this day. And then I couldn't make it. So... My bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's okay. Now we just got an extra long show. You guys got to listen to us for a long time now. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to be talking about Captain Marvel. We got a couple trailers to talk about. We have some interesting news from Oscar Isaac. We have finally going to put a stake in the heart of the vampire that is this Fox deal. It will not die. It will not go away. Nope. We're going to be talking about Project Gamma. We're going to be talking about Galaxy's Edge. And this, guys, it's a big one. Going to want to listen to this one. We got a bunch of other stuff to talk about, and we'll go over that when we get to it. This week, we're going to review the Slinky Dog Coaster. And me and Chris have both stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge. That's what we're going to talk about. Then we're going to end the show by me and Jamie giving a full spoiler discussion of Captain Marvel. For right now, man, let's just jump into it. Ready? Let's go. All right. So, Chris, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel's box office. Yep. This thing opened last week, and it absolutely crushed. Like, it was crazy, crazy numbers. It had a worldwide box office of $555 million. Yeah, that's insane. Next week, it's projected to hit $60 million here in the States and $120 million worldwide. Yeah, which will bring it to like 700 something million dollars, you know, like 750 something like that. It's, I think it's going to beat Wonder Woman. It's already on its way to beating Wonder Woman, so I mean... And the only reason why I say that is because, I mean, it's the other girl film. You know? Right. <laughs> but it's, that's awesome, you know? That's a fantastic, fantastic numbers. Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, I would 
kill to make that amount of money in a weekend, like I said. But do you think it will cross the billion-dollar mark? I think so. I yeah. think so. It already made a lot of money. Oh, it's you made know? a huge amount of money. Um, I, I, I wouldn't bet against it. Right, you know? right. I would certainly say for sure. Like, if I had to bet my life on it, I would say probably yes. You know, like, <laughs> you know, be, just because of the word of mouth it's got, it's already halfway there. You know, and if it crushes this weekend, it's only a matter of just how long can it stay. You know, like a, how long can it roll? And I think it's gonna roll until Avengers Endgame. Honestly, they're gonna try to keep it rolling for as long as that. You know, kind of like what Black Panther did. You know, just keep it in there and keep it going because as long as there's good word of mouth, just keep it rolling. You know. Black Panther ran forever. Yeah. I feel like it was like September. I was still saying, Black Panther's pulling in more money. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say, I think Shazam is coming out, so that yeah. might stop it. So, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. Let's see how its run does before Shazam. If it stop, if Shazam comes out and is as good as we we're hearing that it is, that might put a stop to it, mm-hmm. you know? But if it can make some money beforehand, which it looks like it already is, I mean, sure, why not? I think it's going to come close. I think it's going to get 995. Okay. Honestly, I think it's not going to quite reach that threshold. Yeah. Captain Marvel is working from a a position of disadvantage, right? Sure. People are just bashing this movie well, before I, it I came feel, out. I feel like people I feel like there was a niche audience that were bashing it before it came out. Mhm. The box office shows that that audience obviously wasn't that big. You know what I'm saying? So I mean I suppose you're right. And it's so funny cuz you can still see videos of people talking about how it's failing. Or trying to spin it and how it's failing, I just I don't understand that. We're living in a weird, really weird age where it's like, how crazy is it now that we're like we're making solo superhero movies, you know? And and I'll include Aquaman in there. Like we got solo stories that are now crossing. Like you know, now it's like okay, well this movie hit a billion dollars. You know that's pretty sweet. And right. Before you would think like with the movie like Shazam coming out. You know, like, you're insane if you think that happens. It's almost like anything is possible at this point. If your movie's good, I mean, shoot. That is one thing that I like because it does feel like people are rewarding movies that are good and quality. And finally, you know? Yeah, and which pushes against that argument that superhero movies are dying, you know, that the genre's dead. It's very much alive. If you can get these little, you know, standalone unknown heroes nearly a billion dollars, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Venom, just under a billion dollars as well. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think it's going to hit a billion, but I think it's going to be right there. Mm-hmm. It's a win for the studio, dude. Oh, by by no question. Can this you imagine is. if you're like, okay, Avengers Endgame, probably going to hit two billion again, right? Maybe if not more, maybe exceed its last one. If this movie gets close to a billion dollars, can you imagine making $3 billion off of two movies? <laughs> And yeah. yet the Aladdin remakes, the Disney remakes hasn't even come out yet. Exactly. That's stupid. Exactly. That's stupid. I feel like throwing up. It's just far too much money. <laughs> makes me sad. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> Speaking of Avengers Endgame, though, we got a new trailer. We did. What did you think of it? I liked it. Did you? Yeah. I mean, again, it's it's really interesting. It's like there's no need for a trailer, partly because... I keep getting told, you know, like, we keep hearing, like, who's the villain? You know, is it going to be Thanos? Is it going to be another villain? I think it's just going to be them trying to fix it. I think the problem with the trailers is that there's really no antagonist. You know, like, you're not seeing the villain, you know, at all. Because, you know, know, there's no need to. 
But at the same, so I mean, that's why the trailers, because you're not getting these crazy action beats. Right. It's more like just stoic, got to rise from the ashes sort of trailers. So I mean, it's hard for me to get like, oh, let's go, like super pumped about it. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, it's it was a good trailer. I liked it. I mean, the new suits at the end look legit. The quantum realm suits. Yeah. Yeah, those were pretty cool looking. I was really happy to see that. Obviously. Nebula and Stark were making it back to Earth. There was no question that that was going to happen. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. For me, Disney is like one in five for trailers right now. <laughs> I got to be honest. I really, like for their Marvel movies, mm-hmm. I should say, because I really didn't care about this trailer at all. Yeah. Not only did it not move my needle of excitement for this movie, like if I didn't have any investment, right, into mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe... There's really nothing. I to wouldn't go want to see this movie. I right. wouldn't be like, but eh. um, but you know that's the thing. They know the whole world has seen this, so it's like, it you know it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It they don't have to make it. You know, and, and see the thing is, is that I'm happy that they're not showing too much. That way, so am I. That way, you know, we're just surprised, and you know, there's no debating. You know what I'm saying? I mean, any more debating than there already is from the last movie, but I mean. The the hype is there, you know. It's not like they need to get as amped up any more than it is. As a trailer, like I said, I thought it was okay. Like I thought it was fine, you know. Like it it was a trailer, but it did it hype. Like you know, like what you're saying, did it get me more excited for this movie? Not really. It wasn't nothing insane, you know. You want to know what this trailer did? This trailer got me excited to go back and watch the old movies. <laughs> did it? Like, oh yeah, yeah, because it showed the old. St- older them in the older movies exactly those shots of them in black and white with the red accents that was cool was awesome yeah i thought that was really cool yeah that's pretty sweet so i don't know man like i'm excited for this movie and judging by captain marvel i can't go by their trailers yeah you know i i don't know i'm gonna see it it's what i keep telling you man it's like the trailers that they put out and i know they're trying their best when they put out these trailers but it's also like I kind of what I've been telling you. It's like they know you're going to come. You know what I'm saying? For me, Captain Marvel is the epitome of what proves that no matter what, we're going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Because. Yeah, I can you see You had that. a movie that with an unknown character that had a lot of political backlash going in there, regardless of where you stand. And it's we're mean you're already talking about is it gonna hit a billion dollars? Right. Which is, you know, if it doesn't, whatever, but if it doesn't either, that's that's successful. So I mean, you know, they know with this movie, this is this is the finale. This is everything that they build up for. It doesn't have to be amazing, you know? And and in a way I'm kinda happy with it. You know, be that way I'm not that way I don't know that much going in. You know, I just know, hey, they're trying to fix this. How? I don't know. Who's the villains? I don't know. We don't see any action beats, which is cool. But that way, when it happens, they stand out. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So that being said, I kind of lied. I was being a little facetious when I said the best part about it was that red accent bit. Mm-hmm. My favorite shot in that whole trailer was Rocket riding on Rhodey. Yeah. Oh yeah. my I was god, that, that was too. great. That was cool. That, that made me happy. Sweet. Yeah. And we get a nice little emotional bit with uh, Hawkeye and his and his daughter. It shows. Yeah, I, I guarantee you that's like a scene where she just disappears. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
<laughs> like that, that to me looks like a flashback, and like that's gonna be his story from like his point of view from wherever he was. She's just gonna pfft, right there, and that's what uh, Ronan gets pissed. You are jaded, Chris. That is dark. I'm telling you what's happening. (laughs) No, what's dark is having Peter Parker slowly disintegrate and able to talk, unlike everybody else in the Avengers, who disappears (laughs) in a second, but have him somehow stay together enough to say that he's crying, he doesn't want to leave. Did you hear that some people said that that was because of his spider sense? I don't agree with that. I don't no, think that's what it's it was. because it was... Disney really wanted to put out a heartfelt moment, which they did. Exactly. Does it make sense? Not really, but did it move you? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Not feeling well. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. That was bad. Move on. Moving on to another trailer, man. Aladdin got its first good trailer. I really like this trailer. Yeah? Yeah. This trailer was a lot of fun. It started off with him running through Agrabah. Little Prince of Persia. Yeah, exactly. It was really interesting. Side point. I don't know if you guys read the com- There's a comic. I forgot. I don't know if it was like done by Dynamite or Dark Horse, something like that. They did like a, like a mature version of like Aladdin, like coming out from like the actual book from a, a Thousand Arabian Nights or whatever like that. Really cool where he is almost Prince of Persia like. I think it was Zenoscope. Was it? I think it's it was Zenoscope. awesome. In, in either case, it was awesome. And this kind of like it wasn't like on that same level. Right. But seeing him kind of parkour around and stuff like that was pretty sweet. Man, I loved it because that's always kind of what I pictured Aladdin doing in the animated movie if it was live action. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that made me happy. Not only that, I loved hearing the Pink Rangers sing A Whole New World. <laughs> the Pink Ranger. I can't think of her name at yeah. the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say, the beginning of the trailer didn't really hook me. Right. But really what hit, like when it starts picking up is when he rubs the lamp and then the genie comes out. I mean, people were wondering how he was going to sound like. Yeah. I loved the sound. Me too. I like the way it is. And his personality. His personality yeah. is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when he comes down, he's like, I have three wishes to grant to thee. It's like, ah, I'm just messing with you here. Check this out. And yeah. then he goes into the show. Man, I loved it. And then we, we were talking about a little bit ago when he was talking about, like, you know, make me a prince. And he's like, I, I you know, I can just make you a prince. <laughs> and he just makes himself over there. That, that was pretty sweet, you know? Yeah, I like that a lot. Like, it showed, like, the trickster part of genies because in folklore, they're not supposed to be helpful, like, whatsoever. So I like that, right? Me that too. sold me on genie. Yeah. But this trailer still up to that point wasn't really doing it for me. Okay. Up until she started singing yeah. and we got that some really awesome shots. Like the slow-mo shot of him being flipped over the cliff on the on the chair or whatever. Yes, that was nice. Or like you know, uh, Abu flying in the sky with the with a lamp. Like they were amazing looking shots. You know? That doesn't say how good the movie is. But I'm saying as far as a trailer goes, that from there on sold me like a thousand percent, you know? This trailer has moved my needle. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I wasn't very excited for this movie. Like, not as much as I could have been or even should have been because I love Aladdin. It made me want to turn on the old movie once yes. I heard that again. And I'm like, my gosh, her voice is nice. Like, it, it sounds really good. The other thing that I really, really liked was that shot of Genie kind of puppeteering Aladdin. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. 
while you got the very ending of A Friend Like Me, now people were worried like, oh, it's going to be a rap song. It's going to be a rap song. It sounded like Will Smith was singing A Friend Like Me from the original one. Like it didn't sound like a rap song. It didn't. People just need to calm down. He exactly. is a rapper, but he can also do other stuff. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. It. I mean, and even if he did rap, Will Smith's raps are usually not bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've always been entertaining. They've never yes. been like, "Shut this garbage off. This is terrible." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and that shot with Iago, I love that shot. Like. We're assuming that that's him, that yeah. huge, massive bird or whatever. Right. It might not be, whatever. But I love the way it looked. When Aladdin was flipping through the ice caves. Oh, that yeah. That looked awesome. Great. Man. The only disappointment, still, Jafar. Still, he sounds thing. a little weak. He sounds a little weak, but I did love that shot of him with his arms outstretched, like. Like over, I don't know. He's like standing on a building or whatever. Yeah, and he's like screaming or whatever. Now that shot was awesome. Like you're like, okay, this guy got some cojones. You know, he's like he's <laughs> screaming and yelling because that's what I picture Jafar because he is a little flamboyant. You can see he's his emotion on his face. He doesn't hide it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? This guy is just very like you know, bring me the lamp, please. You know, so like, and I get it. One's a cartoon. So you got to be a little nuts. Well, sure. But I also think it goes back to the fact that we have only seen Jafar interacting with Aladdin before he went to get the lamp. Yeah. So I still think it's kind of Jafar putting on, trying to come across as not crazy. Because honestly, I mean, if someone comes across as crazy and they tell you an insane story, are you going to believe them? Not so much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are the chosen one. You are the only one who can go into this lion cave and get this magic lamp that holds a genie. What's interesting, I think he says something along the lines of, like, you can, like, seduce the princess or something like something like you'll be able to be appealing to the princess. And it was Jafar talking. So it's interesting. It's like I wonder if he kind of knows about, you know, Jasmine and them. You know what I'm saying? It's a possibility. Before, you know, Jafar is supposed to be... You know, really plugged in to what is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in the animated movie, he was aware that Aladdin and Jasmine were kind of having something going on, you know? So, I don't know. This movie has gone up. I'll tell you this. This movie I'm more excited for than Dumbo. Dumbo comes out in a couple weeks, and I am still consistently forgetting Dumbo's coming out. I don't know what it is. I cannot remember that this movie is happening. Yeah. Well, it's because for me, it hasn't done anything memorable. But, you know, in a way, I'm happy because I hope it's going to pull like what Pooh Bear did to me. Yeah. You know, Christopher Robin, where it's like I wasn't expecting anything. I was just like, whatever. And I right. came out going, this movie was great. I hope that that's what Dumbo does. You know, I'm sure. not going in there with any expectations. So the only thing left to do is like, you know, you can only raise the bar from there, you know. So I'm hoping that th it's a good thing for me. I'm hoping that it's like I'll walk in and it just surprises me, you know. Oh, I agree with you. I hope so, too. I am extremely curious how Colin Farrell loses his arm. <laughs> like, I want to know what has happened in this movie. Because have you seen the original Dumbo? I've seen the original Dumbo, yeah. Okay. Not a whole heck of a lot of action. No. Nothing weeks. in which somebody would lose their arm. Why is his arm gone? I don't know. It's killing me, man. Gotta watch the movie, dude. I know. 
<laughs> Speaking of all these old movies like Aladdin and Dumbo and whatnot, and we kind of figured that this would happen, Bob Iger came out and said, Disney Plus is going to have the entire catalog of Disney movies. I have to tell you, as somebody who has striven, strived? Strived. I have worked hard (laughs) to get... (laughs) Good job. Thanks. I have worked very hard to get all of the Disney movies on Blu-ray. I can imagine, buddy. I can imagine. This excites me a great deal. Yeah. Uh, I think from things I've heard and read read and whatnot, Blu-ray is kind of on its way out. Right. And everything is going digital and streaming and whatnot. And so for Disney to come out and say, hey, you know what? We know that everybody loves this stuff. Here you go. It's all on digital. It's going to be cheaper than Netflix. You're going to have that. You're going to have the Fox stuff. You're going to have all of our new offerings that we're going to give, the TV shows like The Mandalorian, The Loki Show, The Falcon and Winter Soldier Show, all of that. That is extremely, extremely exciting to me. Absolutely. Yeah. When I heard that, I was really happy. Because as someone who wants to collect all the all the movies, it's pricey, you know. Like, oh, it's very pricey. It 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 really is. Even like if age doesn't matter with Disney. It just gets m- more money actually with time actually. So it's collecting like a fine wine. Yeah, exactly. And then we also <laughs> know that they have that vault process where it's like you know they'll release X amount of movies in this window, and then they'll pull it back in the vault, you know. Right. And that's how they keep the demand high for these movies. Which is going to be interesting to me because you can't do that anymore unless you're just like, hey, guys, in March you're going to be able to watch The Little Mermaid. But in April, that's going to go away and we're going to bring back The Lion King. But then in May, that's going to go away and we're going to bring back Snow White. Mm -hmm. So on and so forth. I wouldn't like that all that much. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think so either. Because I think they would get a lot of backlash. Because then they would be, you're paying money for everything, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. It should be all up there. You know, that's it. I agree. You know what I'm saying? There should be no hidden wall monthly things unless it's something new that you're going to put out. Or or if you kind of just want to be like for the first, I can see this being like for the first year being like we're going to release certain movies kind of periodically, but eventually they're all going to be on there and they're all going to be ready to go. Right. I don't see why that should be the case. They've had a long enough time to get it ready. Oh, absolutely. So it should all be ready. Right. You know, so I don't see them kind of doing that monthly thing. I don't either. And I'm really excited about this because the other night I was on Netflix and I was like, man, you know what I really, really want to watch right now is The Emperor's New Groove. And I went and searched it. Netflix pulled it up. It's like, are you searching for The Emperor's New Groove? I'm like, indeed I am. I clicked it and it's like, ah, it's not there. We don't have it. Yeah. I'm like, well, you got don't suggest it if I can't watch it. I felt that the other day with Moana. I'm like, oh, I was yeah? humming the song in my head. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to put this on. And I put it on. Not there anymore. I'm like, dang it. So, I mean, like, that that is going to be a good thing. And you know what's interesting is that, and I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but Captain Marvel isn't going to Netflix at all. All the Marvel movies before this had gone to Netflix. Right, right. But now this thing is going to come out. Captain Marvel's out now. It's probably going to get out of theaters early May, mid-May probably. It would then probably get to home video and whatnot, October, November, that time range. And then a couple months later, you'd get it on Netflix. 
Not so anymore. No. It's just, this is what it is. It's going to Disney Plus. Yeah, and I'm happy with that, you know, because as as good as it is with Netflix right now that we can watch some of it, we can't see everything. So it's going to be nice to have a place where we can see everything. And uh, unless you're a physical content collector, it's going to be sucky. You better just get as much movies as you can now. But I mean, I'm not, I like physical content, but I'm not a Disney physical content collector. So it w- doesn't bother me much. That's why I'm really happy with the plus. So I can't wait, dude. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, because Disney Plus has quite a bit of stuff going on. I mean, we already talked about Loki, freaking Winter Soldier and Falcon, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Right. We have all kinds of stuff. But Disney was like, you know what? You guys probably want some more Marvel stuff, don't you? Of course. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. Cool thing is, it was back in the 90s. I can't really remember. But in any case, Marvel put out a series of comics called What If? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. what if Peter Parker didn't get bit by the spider and what if it was Mary Jane? Or What yeah. if the Punisher came and got the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. They're going to be doing these now on Disney Plus, and that's very exciting. Okay, so listen, I had a couple of thoughts about this. Initially, when I saw this, I was through the roof. Okay. Because I was like, I was, I was, it was like just up there with the Mandalorian. You know how the Mandalorian is. Really? I was like, yes, until I saw it was animated. Then it kind of went down, and this is the reason why. Because I was, in my mind, I kind of pictured this series as like a Twilight Zone. Right. Like, it would be cool to see well-known actors pop in and kind of relive like an hour-long series or a half hour, well, however long, and kind of do these really interesting stories where they take it seriously. You know what I'm saying? That's well, just the because idea. it's animated doesn't mean it won't be no, taken serious. No, 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 no. But I just like, you know, and it's it's my fault, but the thought that I had in my head was like, this would be cool. if They kind of had like a Twilight Zone kind of feel to it because, you know, it's an alternate reality. You get some well-known actors in there. Like, you get, like, and the cool thing is if you got Loki and you want to do, like, a what if Loki was Thor, bring in Tom Hiddleston for an hour to do some really cool, interesting stuff. Like, that's the thought process I had. Sure. I understand that that's more expensive. Actually, I really don't know what's more expensive. But in any case, I'm not going to pretend like I know. But I thought, like, my idea in my head, I was like, this is so great until I saw it was animated, which, again, isn't bad, but I just would have liked to see some like physical actors. You know what I'm saying? I had a much more Twilight Zone feel in my head. See, this is one of those experiences and one of those times where I really wish you just kept your mouth shut because <laughs> that, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like that sounds really, really cool. I am excited that it's animated. Yeah. I like animation quite a bit. The only thing that I hope is that it doesn't look like DuckTales. Now, here's the thing. Mm. Main cast, I think, looks great. The main cast, Scrooge and the nephews and all them, I think they look wonderful. Launchpad, not my favorite design for them, but it's not terrible either. I was watching a clip of it today, and they had Don Carnage from Tailspin on there, and he looked atrocious. He looked so bad. Yeah. I don't want a Marvel show that looks like that. Yeah. And that's the thing. With animated, it could be really good. Right. And that's the thing. I'm not sure, you know, like, is this all going to take place in the same universe? Which is another thing that we got to also kind of think about. Because I wouldn't expect it to. Yeah, but at the same time, could they also be like, 
in their pocket go, hey, if this is big, if this gets big, if this is a hit, you know, why not have, you know, Gwen Stacy team up with, you know, what's her name from Thor, you know, you know, and probably because Marvel doesn't own Gwen Stacy. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. (laughs) In any case, I'm just saying, I'm just giving you like, again, it it is a what if. So what I'm saying is, is that they can do all of that sort of stuff. So if you're thinking, you know, these guys are thinking, hey, we can maybe put a universe together with it. Why not? Not that it's going to start out that way, but, you know, if it gets successful and there's enough people watching it, sure. I wonder how long these episodes are going to be because these what if comics are usually one one-offs. Maybe Which two is books. why I was like, dude, the Twilight Zone effect would have been so much better. Exactly. <laughs> Just like get some actors in there. Get it like you how how much would it be for like an Uncle Ben to not die? Yeah, exactly. And have just a younger Peter Parker and see what his his life would have been like not being Spider-Man. Right. Interesting episode. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just you can do that sort of stuff and it and not break the bank, you know, I'm thinking, you know? Yeah, but like here's the thing for me. I wonder if it's going to be like, hey, we're only going to tell this story once, so let's make it an hour and a half, or more probable that they're going to say, hey, these are short stories, let's make them 15, 20 minutes tops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm still excited for this because... Yeah. It's something new. It's interesting. Yeah. Exactly. And the only thing that I'd have to worry about is the art style, but... Other than that, man, this sounds great to me. Yeah, sounds good. All right, next thing we want to talk about is Maleficent 2. Okay. I'm not happy about it. I think you are. Well, I mean, kind of, because it's like a Band-Aid. You know, it's it's getting bumped up, so I get to rip the Band-Aid off early. Because, <laughs> I mean, the movie got bumped up like seven months. It got bumped up a lot. It's coming out now October 18th. Mm-hmm. It got a new date. October 18th, and got a new name, Maleficent 2, Mistress of Evil. Here's the thing. If this movie is implying that the Mistress of All Evil is Maleficent, they had better do a grand, grand retcon on this movie. I was about to say, I mean, you mean the Grand Mistress who helped a little baby and gave it a kiss and... Who was not evil at all? Loved... And was treated unfairly, Bryce. Oh, was treated unfairly. I really hate that movie. <laughs> you take the most evil-looking villain of all Disney villains. Like, okay, I get that we have there. There are definitely better villains, right? But the most evil-looking and like sounding. I mean, you got Maleficent is terrifying. Exactly. She's green with the horns and the the raven, and it's ridiculous. She turns into a dragon. It's like, like, it's nuts. It's, it's, yeah, it is nuts. But in any case, I am happy that this movie's going to come out early. That way it'll come out and it'll be done. You know, okay. it, it, it's another one of those things where it's like, ah. I'm kind of, I uh, you know what, honestly, I'm just interested to see where it's going. So, I mean, I, I guess we won't know until the new trailer comes out. I can remember, like, that first trailer. Remember where she's like standing in the shadows and she's like, why don't you step out into the light or something like that? Yes. And she's like, because then you'll be afraid. Shivers. Like it was awesome. Like I was like, that is great. And then we were lied to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I guess we can't really get a feel of this until it comes out. Yeah. Hopefully this Mistress of Evil thing is really her. Something tells me it's not 
I don't think it can be. Because, no. I mean, you can't go from literally being the good guy of your movie who's just misunderstood. They're going to take Michelle Pfeiffer and make her the villain. Yeah, exactly. And, and then it's going to be the evil versus the... Yeah, like a little anti-hero situation going on. Yeah. I, I don't know. I am interested to see where this goes. I hope that it's good. Obviously, I yeah. hate wasting my time at the movies. See, if they, like I said, if as annoying as that is that she's good now, if it's still a good movie, I'm not going to hate it. You sure. know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if they make it a good movie, great. We've already, we've seen the story where she should have been evil. That that was the hardest part, mm-hmm. right? So now we're <laughs> at this point, we're at this point in life where it's like, you know, what I kind of hope is kind of like, I was thinking this over. I'm like, it'd be sweet if, like, at the end of the movie, she's fighting Michelle for Pfeiffer, and she has her at a point where she has a choice to, like, kill her or let her live. You know, kind of like that good and bad choice, you know, that you get in video games and crap like that. Right. And that she kills her and becomes evil. Like, that is, like, what makes her evil. And I'm like. Oh, my God, she turned green. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the green starts coming around. All right, man. So another bit of entertainment news that dropped was that Oscar Isaac came out and said that episode nine is going to end the Skywalker trilogy. Yeah. You're a big Star Wars guy. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? Are you excited to be moving on to something else? Do you think that that's actually going to happen? Because I've got to be honest with you, he's an actor. I have a little trepidation in believing that he knows or that Disney will even allow him to come out and say, this is going to end the Skywalker storyline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know, man. I I have lots of conflicting ideas with this. You know, all things must come to an end eventually, right? Sure. But I like the idea that George Lucas has always intended for this family to kind of be told and woven throughout Star Wars. Not that they have to be the centerpiece, but that there's always a Skywalker involved. I like that. I like, I, I love that idea, honestly. Uh-huh. How, I mean, for me, you know, the fact that they get told that we're hearing, like, you know, they have other movies in the works and other stuff like that tells me it's like, why does it have to end? Being that they're, you know, it doesn't have to end. I think that they're just kind of wrapping this trilogy up with a bow saying I think they're going to be done with the proper Star Wars for a little bit. You think and so? that they might just go back. Remember how we were talking about whether or not they might go back and, you know, like, you know, with the Game of Thrones style, Old Republic, you know, whether they branch off in a new direction. But I think as far as Star Wars proper might be on hold for a little bit until they f- kind of figure out what exactly to do next, which I think is ultimately the right thing to do. Judging yeah. from how this trilogy has turned out, which hasn't been garbage but at the same time the last movie's left a bad taste in my mouth so hopefully it's good hopefully it ends well can put a stamp on it and hopefully it's not the end but maybe a little bit of a break you know I hear you so by him saying this is going to finish off the Skywalker storyline as of right now unless I'm mistaken which I don't think I am we have two Skywalkers in the movies we have Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, and we have his mother, Leia. Thank you. <laughs> She's completely blanked. Yeah. Um, Better be careful, man. I know. People are going to come after you. 
the princess herself, Leia, Leia, would be the only two left in the movies, yeah? Yeah, that we think. Okay. So, do you think that they are both going to die then? Because we can assume that Leia is probably going to be dying in this episode. Yeah. Right? Probably. Kylo Ren's young. Mm -hmm. In what way do you write him out of a story that makes sense where he is no longer doing anything? Right. Unless you reveal that someone else is a Skywalker. I mean, and that's the only other weird thing. It's like, unless they just do like a, just out of nowhere... But everybody was like, oh, my God, Ray is Luke's daughter or something like that. Yeah. I'm not saying that that is and not saying that I even believe that. I'm just simply saying unless they go that route, yeah, it's Kylo, which makes me think is is the Skywalker line going to end on a bad note then? Which kind of gives you, writes you into this really weird place for me as a Star Wars fan because it's like I want to go into this movie not really knowing where it's going, which so far we haven't. Right. But sure. if we're going off of what he's saying and this is going to end the Skywalker line, you're kind of giving me two two things to think about. You're getting me to think, okay, is the Skywalker line going to end on a bad note where it ultimately was a villain and he just never could redeem himself? Right. Or he does redeem himself in this movie. Which I've always been like, you know me, I would have loved to see kind of like a switcheroo with The Last Jedi. Right. Or, or I would have liked to see like a team up between him and Ray and kind of just being like, you know, we're done with this Jedi crap. But in any case. Being Greys. Yeah, being Greys or just doing their own thing. You know what I'm sure. saying? I, I, I like that. I, I like that idea. I thought it was interesting and one where – you know, a lot of people maybe were thinking about it, but there was more of a dare. Like, I dare you to do that. You're not going to do that because you're Disney. And they didn't. So I'm just hoping that the way it ends, you're kind of giving me two ways to think there ends. Obviously, there's more stuff we don't know about. But that's what's going through my mind at the moment, at least. Absolutely. My question is, this movie doesn't come out till December. Why is he even talking about it right now? I don't know. I don't know. But to go back to your point, though, of, well, then the Skywalkers are going to go out as the villains. Honestly, that would make me happy because, I mean, you produced Anakin Skywalker, which ended up being Darth Vader. Then you produced Luke Skywalker, who was teetering. I mean, if you look at the way he was acting in Return of the Jedi, you could say, hey... He is one or two actions away. It's also fair to say that most Jedi probably do that too, though. Because, I mean, there comes a point where you got to be like, am I going to do this or am I going to go Sith? Sure. Am I going to do my own thing? You're absolutely right. But, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, right? so he was teetering. And then you have Kylo Ren. I've already told you that I hate to death the fact that they redeemed Darth Vader with one action. And if they do that with Kylo Ren... I am going to be furious. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not even yeah. the biggest Star Wars fan, right. but I am invested in this story. I have enjoyed the last two movies. I really like The Force Awakens, and I really like The Last Jedi. I thought it was fun. Yeah. So then to go and have Kylo Ren not only kill Han Solo, right, kill his dad, mm -hmm. but then conceivably, as far as he knows, kill his mom... But and see, then the I, see, I think, though, what we're trying to what, what you're saying is, though, is like on paper. These ideas sound better for me, the way they were executed. 
goes to show why I'm supporting you, why, why I agree with what you're saying. Oh, How I they were you. executed in the movies, I agree with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? On paper, you know, like just Kylo kills Han. Okay. Like I, I like the ideas of what it, what it would mean to have a redemption like that. Right. But it wasn't impactful. Like Han's death, while it was sad, wasn't like, if anything, I was more furious at like how he died, how it kind of just happened. Like for me, it wasn't that great of a scene, you know, just me personally. That's fair. So, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying about how, you know, maybe at the end, but in this case, I understand Kylo's story a little better. I feel like I can be a little more sympathetic to Kylo than Anakin. You know what I'm saying? Like Anakin was seeing visions. Kylo woke up and had, you know, Luke over him with a lightsaber. That's his point of view. (laughs) You know, like there's really not that much to really debate there. You know what I'm saying? Sure. As opposed to maybe why he went down the dark side he did. Oh, absolutely not. And I completely understand what you're saying with that. But that just strengthens my my point of I don't want to see him redeemed. To me, is execution, man. It just all depends. It all depends on how they do it. Can he be redeemed? Has been the question that everybody keeps talking about. Can he? I feel like it's a matter of how he can. Like you said, Darth Vader was able to do it by one action. Can Kylo do it in multiple actions? You know, like, you know, and the the reason why Darth Vader's action was so big is because he actually killed the Sith Lord. Like he killed the big bad, the big guy who was behind the whole thing the whole time. You know, which is what yeah. makes that action more redeemable because he got rid of the evil and brought balance to the force again. You know, I get it. But he also committed genocide. He exploded planets. Well, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he did not. He, he was, was the one who caught. He was the one for the who... sake of no fights. He was a leash. He, he was a, he was a dog on a leash. And they explained that in the movie. He was very he never once said, I'm going to blow planets up. He was very much, he was, and the thing was with Darth Vader, a lot of the stuff that, went, like, you know, you do your research, you do your readings and crap like that. He wasn't into killing people for the sake of killing people. He was very much just like, I'm on a mission to get rid of all these Jedi because that's the only thing, you know, like, that's like his only mission. You know what I'm saying? So that, that to me makes it a little different, you know? All right. That's fair. That's fair. I but don't know. yeah, he is he somehow responsible? Sure. You know, I'm not going to not say he's not. Right. I'm just saying he wasn't the guy pushing the trigger or the guy saying it. He's the muscle. You know what I'm saying to me? I can understand. The last thing that I wanted to bring up in entertainment this week is that stinking Fox merger. <laughs> Got to be honest. And I said this the last time we talked about it. I'm done talking about it. <laughs> You've been dealing with this Fox merger before I was even on the show. Exactly. It's been forever. And we've talked about it so at least time. four or five times since yes. I've been on. So. Exactly. It's taken so much of my time. It's yep. very frustrating. Yep. But we have a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's close. March 20th, man. March 20th, no more Fox movies. No. Just Disney. Mm-hmm. Just Disney. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, strictly because I will not have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> that's really nice. But the thing is, I will be interested to see how Disney closing the deal with Fox will end up affecting something like Dark Phoenix or the New Mutants movie that's supposed to come out later this year. I'm interested. 
<laughs> yeah. That I am interested about. Well, I think it's already there in the can. They're just holding their breath. Yeah, but a movie like Cabin in the Woods was in the can for years. They weren't even going to release it except for the fact that Chris Hemsworth got really big. Can we just take a moment to acknowledge how great Fox was? I mean, they've gone from Star Wars to Terminator to... I know you're not a big fan of Terminator, but you can't argue that it did have an audience in a time. Oh, sure it did. Aliens and Predator and... Is it weird to think that their last legs is going to be New Mutants <laughs> and Dark Phoenix? A little bit. This epic history of this awesome studio. Yeah, a little bit. It's, 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 it's interesting, you know? It's funny. Especially since like the stuff that we've been hearing about Dark Phoenix hasn't been the best. Yeah. Although that last trailer that they put out was incredible. Yeah, it wasn't it was bad. really freaking nice. Well, you can make a really good trailer, but I mean, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'll be there. We'll be there, Fox, for your funeral, buddy. (laughs) What is your favorite Fox movie? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I know there's lots of movies that they produce, so I mean, I can't can't really go off the top of my head, I'm being honest. Right. It's really hard. Oh, it is. I mean, you have, I mean, you know I like Avatar. They have Avatar. So, I mean, it's like, I don't, but then again, there's so many individual movies that, you know, I'm not a movie expert, so I don't know what's from what exactly what studio came from what. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So I know there's better movies out there. <laughs> uh, I guess it has to be Star Wars. It has yeah. to be. You know, it's it's what started everything, man. It's what started everything. So I got to say I gotta say Star Wars. I, I hear you. I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. For me, it was a movie that hit when I was younger and really informed my development years. Independence Day. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that movie. Yeah, that movie is great. I love listening to Harvey Firestein run around (laughs) yelling at people. David. 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 Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, that is, like, my favorite part of the freaking movie. Like the um, like I don't know how you're looking at him through that camera lens. How everybody back there is being like completely fine. How you're not just dying laughing at that. That it's some insane acting. Oh, That's great. He's so funny, David. Oh my god, I love that movie. All right, man, that's a good pick. Thank you. <laughs> oh man, what what's going on here? I'm sorry, dude. We're down for refurbishments. All right. This week, if you'd be so kind as to follow me out to Magic Kingdom, the Walt Disney World Railroad is still down. Fantasyland, Frontierland, and Main Street USA still aren't picking up any passengers. Speaking of not picking up passengers, the Tomorrowland Speedway is still shut down. Again, the opening date for that is going to be May 18th, 2019. And I have good news. This is going to be the last week Casey Jr. Splash and Soak Station is going to be out of commission. Because March 25th is going to be the day that it is going to open back up and you are going to be able to get soaked. As of right now, Epcot and Hollywood have no refurbishments going on. Animal Kingdom, however, is still experiencing the Cali River Rapids being down and that is going to be until March 23rd. Guys, we are in the home stretch for this one. If you've been sad because you want to ride this ride, it is about time to go on it. And to that end, Typhoon Lagoon is going to be opening up tomorrow on March 17th. Speaking of March 17th, though, 
Blizzard Beach is going to be going down for a single day. It's going to be reopening on the 18th. We've got some activity out in Disneyland right now. The Astro Orbiters are still down. April 5th is still their assumed reopening date. The Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough, they don't know when that's going to be open. But again, that is down for right now. Space Mountain opened yesterday. Guys, get back on that ride. I love Space Mountain out here in Orlando. I can only assume it is just as good out in California. And coming up in three days, the Indiana Jones Adventure is actually going down, and that's going to be opening again on March 22nd. If you jump over to California Adventure, Grizzly River Run is down, and that's going to be opening on March 29th. The Silly Symphony Swings, both singles and tandem, are down, and unfortunately we don't know when that's going to be opening again. We also don't know when Red Car Trolley is going to be opening again, but that is going to be going down on April 1st. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. On behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, we'd like to welcome you to the Magic Kingdom. All right, we talked about Star Wars in the movies. Let's now talk about Star Wars in the parks. Because May 31st and August 29th, Galaxy's Edge is finally opening. That was a surprise, right? Right? Huge surprise. You thought it was going to be toward December. Matter of fact, if you called Disney, it says, due to high fan demand, we're actually pushing the release of this up. I'm of two minds of this, so I'm going to let you go first, Chris. Tell me, what do you think about this? I think it's awesome. Scary, but awesome. <laughs> uh, it makes me think that maybe people who were planning <laughs> to go to Disney in December are already like, uh, like you know, like that was going to be the traffic and busiest time of the year, especially when that's also Christmas time and all that crap. Oh, yes. Now, I'm not saying August is any better, but it's summer. I don't think the kids are still out of school yet. August, kids go back to school. Yeah, August, kids, they're going to be going back to school. You know, so as a someone who's being selfish, yeah, I'm happy, you know, because it's coming out at a better time for me, maybe. It's good news, man. I mean, I love surprises like this, you know, at the very least. You know, I know we've been negative. We've been talking a lot about the traffic and how crazy it is. Sure, that's its own problem. But the idea of someone giving you a gift and being like, hey, we're giving it to you this much earlier, that is sweet. You're right. That is very nice. And I you do like that. You don't sound like you like it. Man, because I, I don't. You're <laughs> just scared. No, no, no. It's not that. Oh, it's okay, okay. <laughs> It'd be understandable don't, if I was, but fight. it's not that. Don't fight it, Bryce. <laughs> no. It's the fact that they're opening Galaxy's Edge, right? But not all of it. They're opening it with the cantina, and they're also opening it with Smuggler's Run. Fantastic. That's half of your attractions. The other half of the attraction, which is Rise of the Resistance, isn't opening. But but you're just saying, okay, well, you didn't lead off with that, Bryce. <laughs> it's a completely different conversation. But what I'm saying is, is like, is the whole land available, but one ride not there? Because the way you're making it sound like is they cut the land in half. Like, that's <laughs> like what, the, that's what I'm picturing. You're like, they got phase one over here. But and that's they're, what they're saying. I get that, but I'm saying, are they talking about the other ride as being just closed down, but the whole land is open? If the whole land is open and I still got another ride, 
I can I can manage. I'm saying like, is it gonna be like literally a split down the middle? One half of the park is open, the other half isn't. We don't know. We don't know. Honestly, that's kind of what I'm picturing because think about this, man. I don't think so, dude. Do, well, okay, but what does Disney do when they're working on something? They put okay. up the walls, right? right? Right. They put up the walls. Harden our dust, making future yeah, yeah, magic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. We've talked so many times about how many people are going to just flock to Galaxy's Edge once it opens. Right. The first time people go in to Galaxy's Edge, do you want them to see those walls? Mm. Wouldn't you would wouldn't you rather see a fully realized land? Well, until you're fully sure, I'm not gonna go with I'm I'm okay. I'm just playing the other half of because you said you're not fully sure. Sure. So I'm just gonna say in my mind I'm gonna go with the fact that they don't have any barriers and that it's only the ride, which at the very least I mean it would be cool to just walk around a Star Wars area, you know, anything than you know that other place that they have right now, you know that little <laughs> museum that they have. Right. You know it's it, you know it's great, but I mean it gets old. That's all they got. So, I mean, it'd be cool to kind of walk around the area. And if it's only just for the ride, am I disappointed? Sure. But at the same time, I can understand if it's the whole land and all that. I can be forgiving. But if it's literally cutting the land in half, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'm not thrilled by that at all. Exactly. And that's what I'm picturing, right? The other thing. Everybody at this point who listens to this show knows that I waited in a five-hour line for Flight of Passage. Mm-hmm. That was the day it opened, and it opened with everything. It was a fully realized land, right? You had Flight of Passage, you had the Navi River Adventure, and you had the Cantina. So you had three things to divert people to, right? And I still waited five hours. Yeah. Imagine what the wait lines are going to be when you open Star Wars and you only have half of your park available. Yeah, and that's why I think it's not going to be. I think you would be... I th- but, okay, I, great. The mm-hmm. The land is open, but you have nothing to do in the land. So you have, the, you have Oga's Cantina mm-hmm. and you have Smuggler's Run. Well, it depends on how they make the land. You know, like if if the land is like, cause we're we're like in my mind, I'm we're thinking the only thing we got to go off is like Pandora, and Slinky, right? Or I mean, not Slinky, Toy, the Story. Toy Story, which are fairly small. Like for Pandora being as nice as it is, it is a bit small. Like it's easy to walk around there and be in and out. Sure. Star Wars, I feel like it's going to be a little bit bigger, and that's the thing. I feel like they might have more stuff to do. So that makes me think like there might be more stuff to do. You know what I'm saying? And it, in a way, it kind of gets a lot of traffic to come through and come out early. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't, I don't think Disney would be that stupid in, in cutting the land in half, personally. That's just me. If you think so, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, do. I I feel like this is a good idea. Going back to what you were saying about Star Wars. Oh, this is a good idea in theory. You put it on paper, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. In practice, though, I feel like this is going to end up being really, 
really rough. I think it's bad either way. We've talked about this. You're I right. think it's terrible either way. Like I think the madness that is Star Wars is going to be there is going to be bad. But if you have at least two new attractions, you are diverting a lot of traffic. I, yeah, and that's the thing. I'm saying I agree with you. I'm just simply saying, does it bother me? No, because it's like it doesn't to me, it's not going to change the fact of how many people are going to go. I think it's just going to be packed. And like you said, it's already going to be packed anyway. So like to me, it's not going to be that huge of a difference. Now, if if what you're saying comes true, I will fully be on board with you and being like, how the heck are you cutting this land in half and opening it now? Exactly. I will be fully on board with that. You know, I have a prediction. Okay. Because, like I said, this is opening earlier in Disneyland still, right, out in California. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to open. And I think it is going to be an unbridled nightmare. I don't think it's... An unbridled nightmare. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I think they're going to pull it back out here. I don't think that Galaxy's Edge is going to open on August 29th. I mean, call me crazy, but I genuinely see that. I would love for it to happen because I'll be there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think that I think Disney's gonna realize, wow, we really do need this land functioning at full capacity in order to open it and get the turnover that we need, get people in, get people out, entertain them, all of that. And another thing to consider about the Star Wars opening date is that looking at history, this is when food and wine has started. Right? Yeah. This is also when Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party starts. So you have Galaxy's Edge Food and Wine Festival, like, right in that time frame. Isn't the Mickey and Minnie ride going to be opening up at around that time, too? I think it was the summer, wasn't it? It was. It was the summer. So, So yeah, it should be right around then, too. So that time of year... It's going to be awesome. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be great. It is going... It is going to be a new kind of busy. One that we haven't seen before, buddy. Nay, nay. But also playing devil's advocate, we got to also realize that that's opening up in Disneyland, which is one park. You know, it's much bigger down here, you know, so. It's much bigger down here, but there's also far more transient travelers here than there is out in California. So our land is bigger here, yeah, but we have a lot more people. Like, a lot more people. I just kind of want to fast forward this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, just fast forward to December and just be like, okay. Like, and click. Yeah, and just have this mass craziness be over with, which I know it never will. It never will. It it really won't. But they are, for right now, opening it in two phases. Phase one is Smuggler's Run, and phase two is Rise of the Resistance. So... I'm excited. That makes me sound like they're just opening up one ride and leaving the other one out. That's what it looks sounds yes. like to me. It doesn't sound like they're cutting the land in half. So, I mean, like I said, I can understand what you're saying. I can understand. I'm not going to argue with you, buddy. I'm just simply saying I can deal with the fact that they have one ride and if they have the whole land open as opposed to literally cutting the land in half, you know? so I genuinely hope you're right. But in any case... Let's go over to another nightmare. Okay. Epcot is starting what they're calling Project Gamma, right? Mm -hmm. Remember we were talking about, oh, they're going to redo the entrance and they're going to be knocking out innovations and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
That is Project Gamma. They filed permits to get this thing going, mm-hmm. right? And they mention Innovations East by name and probably going to be more so just because it's so close to what they're actually going to be doing, which is taking Innovations West and completely demolishing it. Now, Innovations East, when you go into the park, you would go left and you could see the electric umbrella. You could see mouse gear right there. Mm -hmm. Then you would go on to test track and stuff like that. Innovations West is where you have the character meet and greet spot where you have like Mickey, Minnie, Goofy. Mm -hmm. You have the Starbucks location in the park. Right. And you have Cool Club. One thing they didn't mention in the report that I was reading is what they're going to do with Baymax and joy and sadness because they have character meet and greet there too. But they're in the north building while everything else is in the south building. They are demolishing all of that, getting it gone. Right. They're going to be moving Starbucks over to the Odyssey building. They're going to be moving the character meet and greet over to Imageworks, which is where Ralph and Vanellope are right now. Mm -hmm. So you can still meet the characters, right? So that's cool. Yeah. Starbucks is still going to be there because God forbid that be gone. The only thing they didn't mention was the cool club. It doesn't look like that's going to be there anymore. And they're just going to demolish this area. I am really, really interested in this because this is all going to be taking place next year. There is so much stuff going on right now in Epcot. You almost at this point wish that there was a secondary entrance into Epcot. And there is over by Boardwalk. Yeah, I, I get what you're, I get what you're getting at. I understand. But the only thing is I got to say to that is what I said earlier uh, a couple of weeks ago. Walk past it anyway, you know. Like so, you're right. So I mean, unless it's gonna it's gonna screw traffic up, like you know, insane. Like okay, how long are they is it gonna take for them to move the entrance? And also, we got to realize too, is it all gonna be happening at the same time? Yeah, it is. Okay, because so- you're gonna have the multi year situation where they're changing Spaceship Earth, mm-hmm. right? While that's happening. They're also going to be doing a major overall on Mouse Gear, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be up and ready for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Cool, but at the same time that that's going on, you're going to have your entrance down. You're going to have demo happening now in the park in an area that is going to be heavily trafficked because that is the area that leads from the entrance over to Soarin'. Well, the thing is, I don't think they're going to make another alternate entrance. I mean, they might circle you around. No, I don't think that they will either. What I was saying is they do have a secondary entrance over by Boardwalk. But when you see all of this happening and all of this stuff going on, you almost wish that there was a secondary entrance that they could put in. Yeah. That you could use. Yeah. Because it is going to be a nightmare in there. Yeah. Like I said, we can't. It is going to be a nightmare, but, I mean, I feel like it's just going to be what it normally is. People are going to walk in there and then just go straight to World Showcase. I think it's just going to be a long stream of lines heading into World Showcase. And that's exactly what it's going to be. But right now, let's say we have about 10 feet to walk in, right? Where when all this construction is happening, let's say it goes down to two feet. You know how annoying it is when you're on the interstate and everything funnels into one lane? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be the same concept. Yeah. It's going to be so busy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be absolutely insane. Unless it might do the opposite. You know what I'm saying? It might make some people just go, you know what? I don't want to go to Epcot because, you know, pretty much Epcot's on the construction. You know what I'm saying? It might deter people from actually wanting to go. 
which might be which might balance it out a little bit. I'm not saying it will solve every, anything, but I'm just saying it might stop people from going, you know what? It's way too hectic to even get in there. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. I'm excited about it. I really want to see what they're going to do because from what we've heard, it sounds great. Yeah. It's just it's all happening at once, and because of that, you might end up having some problems. All right. So, Chris, it's been... About three months since we've talked about any price increases at the park, and it's about time. Yeah, seems about right. <laughs> it's unfortunate because this is a big one. Yeah. Well, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last time, which they're going to be implementing the you know date-based ticket pricing. They've finally done it. So if you're trying to go sometime like, let's say, Christmas, right? Tickets are going to be $159. I understand why they would be that expensive. Because of supply and demand. I get it. But if you have looked at images or photos of anybody in the park, especially Magic Kingdom, on Christmas, it's a nightmare. You can't do anything. Yeah, well, I guess those, but that's the thing. I think if you're doing that, you know the nightmare and you want to be in the nightmare. And that's the only thing. It's it's almost like, you know, with you going to Avatar, you know, it's like you know what you're going to get. You expect it's going to be a nightmare and you're just going to sacrifice it for the nightmare. I feel like people who are into the holidays already know it's going to be a nightmare, you know? Right. Okay. But you can kind of how And it could also be a deter to make it less packed because people might go, I might not want to pay more. You're right. So but it might make it thing. a little less crowded. You're right, but here's the thing. They're trying to balance out the year, right? That's what they're trying to do with this. So by taking a time of year that is already just crazy, crazy busy and making the tickets $159, you're right. Hopefully, most people will see that and be like, I am not spending that, and then we're going to see the crowds go down. That'd be great because for a regular day ticket, just like, ah, you know, it's a Tuesday, it's going to stay at $109. And for as busy as Magic Kingdom is anyway, you're pushing it a little bit, but fine. People will pay it, people will pay it. But then if you go on like a holiday, something like Memorial Day or, or President's Day or whatever, well, then they're going to bump it to 139 Leading up to Christmas, you're going to be looking at days that cost you 139 as well. Right. I can't really get too outraged by this, honestly, because I'm an annual pass holder. And yeah, yeah, yeah. this doesn't affect annual passes, which is crazy to me. Yeah. So for that But fact, I feel like that's what we should be getting as annual pass holders. You're that right. That really shouldn't. Because, I mean, it's not like we're not paying anything. We're paying monthly. Exactly. To to go whenever we kind of want, unless you have blackouts. But it, you get, you know, it shouldn't be affecting us. The only annual pass this does affect is the water parks. Mm-hmm. And it's not by that much. It goes from 130 a year to 139 mm-hmm. So it's not terrible, you know? Yeah. And, you know, obviously something like this is going to affect park hoppers and day tickets and update tickets and all that kind of stuff. They're not, like, super huge spikes, but, I mean, can you imagine? Me and Jamie were looking into this the other day. Like, how many people go to Disney on a daily basis? And you look into it, it's 52,964 people on average. Yeah. Right? Imagine getting an extra $5 from all of those people. 
Like, that is a huge, huge number. It goes a long way. Oh, it goes a long way. On an individual basis, it's not a tragedy how much these prices are going up. It kind of makes sense, though. I mean, you got to be, like, of the mindset of you're going to go during a popular time of the year. The prices are going to be up. Why not charge more for that? If you're Disney, you're already dealing with, like you said, wall-to-wall traffic like in Disneyland, which is probably just... If you're a worker there, just has to be just draining. So, I mean, why not make a couple extra bucks? And in the process, might eliminate some people who are just like, you know what? I might not spend my money there, you know, and and might potentially make it a little less crowded. I don't think it's going to be much, but I'm just simply saying, you know, it it does make sense from a business standpoint. You're right, and it does. What I'm curious about is the festivals, right? How the festivals are going to affect this pricing because – a lot of people go to Epcot during the Food and Wine Festival. Are all those days now going to be $139? I'm sure we're going to find out. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. Paying $139 for... I don't even think about the Food and Wine Festival this year. The Food and Wine Festival with all that construction going on? Well, it's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. And now for this week's Hidden Mickey Hunt. Aerosmith rocks out, no need to mark it, and a standby just before the carpet. Six little circles, the ground is fertile. They're all the same size, no need to knock it. Ah, are you checking in tonight? Welcome home. As far as resorts go this week, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot to talk about, but go over to Disney Springs. Haleo is opening tomorrow. Nice. That is pretty exciting. Yeah. I am very excited about that. I am going up there for Endgame. I will be up there probably all weekend watching Endgame. Mm-hmm. The rumor going around is that Endgame tickets are going to go on sale April 2nd. Yeah. I will be on both mine and Jamie's phone buying as many tickets that weekend on my AMCA list as I possibly can. I'm very excited. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. (laughs) Only you. Only you, buddy. My point being is that I will probably be in Disney Springs very soon. Well, it it looks like a good restaurant, dude. It does, and I'm excited to eat there. You know, we've already talked about it great length, so I don't want to go too much into it again. Yeah. But I did want to let you know, this weekend, it's opening, so that's pretty awesome. When stars are born, they possess a gift or two. One of them is this. They have the power to make a wish come true. Man, what a great trip. Let's relive it, huh? When stars are born. I always love to defer this question. Chris, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Slinky Dog Dash or do you want to talk about Animal Kingdom Lodge first? Let's get into Slinky Dog. All right. Slinky Dog Dash is the new roller coaster over at Toy Story Land. Yeah. Now, 
I wrote it fairly recent after they opened it, and you've written it like last weekend, right? Yep, that only time. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of it? I loved it. Did you? I really did. I had a really good time. And again, it's just to say, like, you know, getting back into all the traffic things, you know, it's it's a long wait for... How long did you wait? Okay, so it said 80 minutes, and I think Renee um, did the timing of it, and I think it was like 10 minutes short. It might have been on time. It might have been a little bit under, which is great. You it's know, not terrible then, yeah. No, it wasn't. And we weren't going to do anything then anyway, so we were just like, might as well wait. So we waited, and... The, you know, the the line itself, again, nothing to write home about. I know we always say lines are not really meant to be amazing. But, you know, some you get certain cool ones, like in Toy Story and stuff like that. Toy Story Space Mountain yeah, is you pretty get, entertaining. Yeah, you get certain cool ones. This one, there's nothing to really write home about. So you're just your average line. Um, I do like the little, cool little toy soldiers, though, around the area and stuff like that. But the ride is fun. We waited. My thing was is like I was worried, like, is it worth this long right. of a wait? We got to ride front row and you know? it was fun. Like it was <laughs> it felt and the cool thing is is that it felt long. You know, like it's not short. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't take it's not over in like, you know, ten, fifteen seconds, you know, feels like, you know. It it takes its time. The fact that it's outside is really cool. And and the ride I thought it was going to be kind of kiddie and stuff like that. And there's cer- certain moments where, you know, it's there's obviously no loops or anything like that. But it, they had some cool drops, cool turns. I liked it. No, absolutely. It's a two-minute ride, so it's got some time to it. Yeah, I mean, it does. And it definitely feels like that. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. And it's not because it's boring. Exactly. It's because there's act- it's just fun. You that know? was the exact point that I wanted to bring up. It doesn't feel long because it's boring. It feels long just because it kind of is, yeah. you know? That first hill that you come over and you just kind of crest it on an angle, like that hill is so much fun. Yeah. I like that a lot. They do a lot of really cool things with this roller coaster that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he talks to you yeah. while you're riding the ride. Yeah. And then, like, you have the uh, the spring sound effects. I think yeah, that's really yeah. cool. What I kind of like is when you stop, and he's like, okay, we're going to stop, and he goes back. Yeah. And then he shoots off again, which is really cool. You know, it's just something different. It's all those little things that, when you put them together, make the experience of going on this ride worth it. Yeah. You know? And I love, oh, my God, I love the ending. I love the ending when you're pulling into the station and you have Wheezy sitting there singing, You Have a Friend of Me. Yeah. I think that's great. It's And that's the great thing about this ride is that it's perfect for everybody, kind of. You know, if you're a little kid, they get to experience a cool roller coaster, you know, that they can say, like, hey, I went on a roller coaster and it wasn't scary. Exactly. And if you're an adult, it's not a bad coaster to be on. You know, it's not Space Mountain. It's not, uh, you know, I mean, I... It's not. Wait, what? you think Space Mountain is a bad roller coaster? No. I oh, okay. <laughs> I'm well, saying said, it's not Space Mountain, as in like you know, gotcha, it doesn't. It's not it, that intense. You're not that intense, going fast in the dark. You okay. know what I'm saying? Or, or same thing with Rock and Roller Coaster. Calm down, buddy. I was like, whoa, what? blasphemy! <laughs> Get off of my show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it's fun. I think it's great for everybody. It has to be a recommend. If it is a long wait. I, I would say it's worth the wait. Yeah. 
I like. I mean, anything under over eighty minutes, you know. But yeah, if you have to wait the eighty minutes, wait the eighty minutes. If you have nothing else to do, I really do enjoy the theming of this ride probably the most overall because when you're walking in there, the whole concept is you're a toy in the backyard, and it feels like you are a toy in the backyard, mainly because you have like that giant wooden fence thing coming up and that's really cool just to add to that field of you being a toy but then all like the decoration around the ride there's a giant jesse with a jump rope lasso hooked onto rex because rex is caught at the top of a block castle mm-hmm. i really like that that's really cool to me yeah is the ride worth 80 minutes for me personally i say no mm-hmm. i like the ride i don't love the ride I would say anything over 45 minutes, bounce. Especially when you have something like Toy Story Mania, Mm -hmm. which is still a really cool, entertaining, and engaging ride. Right. And you still have all that same type of theming to it, so you're not really missing out on much. Toy Story Mania is the shooting? Yeah, the shooting game. But Toy Story Mania used to be easily 120 minutes. Yeah. Now, it's like... 20, 30, and you're yeah. like, right, that's right exactly where it should be. So anything over 45 minutes for Slink Dog, I think, is a little bit much. And personally, I wouldn't write it for that length. If you're asking me for a star rating, I'd give it a three. Okay. You know, as a roller coaster, eh, it's okay. It's like Barnstormer. It's not for adults, it's for children. And as children go, they are going to love that ride. Okay. As an adult, you'll get something from it. I mean, like you said, you got something from it. Yeah. You're not going to get that same thrill, like you were saying, of Space Mountain, of Rock and Roller Coaster. Mm-hmm. So for that, you get a three, which I think is a fairly good grade. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of got to give it like a four or 4.5. I mean, it's... A 4.5. And the reason why I say that is because, like, you know, you got to think about it. There's really no other rides in the park other than Tower of Terror and you got Rock and Roller Coaster. Rock and Roller Coaster, you're going to be easily is a hun- over 100 minutes. Easy. Okay. Easy, on any given day. Uh-huh. To me, it's not that bad. If you only have two coasters in the park, you're going to have to wait. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like it's not a matter of, you know, should you wait? It's like you're going to have to wait because there's really only, like, three rides that are just like thrill rides in the park you know so if you want to have if you want to make your day worth it when you go there sure wait on the ride i'm just saying it it, for the 80 minutes it was long sure but it was well worth it with the time and it was just a fun ride like i said it's long you know which makes it again makes it feel like it was worth your time and i don't know i had a good time it was fun so i'm gonna give it a four i'll give it a four nice okay I mean, that's that's fair. I'm, I'm happy you had such an enjoyable time with it. All right, man. So enough about the roller coasters. Let's talk about the place where you lay your head, Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yeah. Chris, I've stayed there. Obviously, you've stayed there. What do you think of the lodge? It's awesome. Isn't it, though? It's great. Where did you stay? Did you stay in the Jumbo House or did you stay in the villas? No, we stayed in the actual main area. All right, that's the Jumbo House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place is awesome. It's sweet. Man, that is my favorite resort on property. It is the most immersive resort. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> By far. Yeah, and the thing is, you got Ohana, which is, like, really good. But, my gosh, Animal Kingdom just really takes it up a step. Oh, yeah, dude. 
here's the thing. The Polynesian is great. But because you are right on the Seven Seas Lagoon, Mm -hmm. and you can look across, and you can look at Magic Kingdom, Mm -hmm. and you can look to your left, and you can look at Grand Floridian. And you can see the dirty Florida swampy water. Exactly. (laughs) You have all of that right there, and it reminds you, hey, you're in Disney World, Mm -hmm. you're in Orlando. Right, right. Where with something like this, like the Animal Kingdom Lodge, Mm -hmm. it's not even a short drive there. Once you turn down the road to get there, you got to drive for a bit, and then it opens up into this whole thing, and it is absolutely beautiful. It was enough for me and Raylan to kind of get lost for a little bit because we had a dinner, we had a a, a lunch for Sanaa, and we went in through that entrance. Right. But what I do enjoy is like the long grass that they kind of have there, like that Sahara grass that they yes. have planted around there. So it kind of just makes you do a double take and just like... You know, like when I, I, I know I'm in Florida, but like <laughs> this is really good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just makes you really feel like you're in Africa. I've never been there, but you know, like if I was in Africa, it would feel like this. Probably, probably. <laughs> I love the look of the grounds, like what you were just talking about. But I love the lighting situation inside there okay. because it's not bright. Like <laughs> it is dark. Lots of dark wood. Yeah, a lot of dark wood. Not a whole heck of a lot of windows, which is ironic because there's literally a bunch of animals right outside the window. It's just an interesting place to go. You can go and stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge and just stay there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you don't feel like you have to leave. You don't feel like you have to go and do anything else. You can go there and just relax. You can go sit by the pool. You can go and hit their restaurants because they got three of them. They got Jico, Boma, and Sanaa. Yeah. Now, I've never been to Jico, but yeah. Boma and Sanaa, they're great. Yeah, they are. They're great. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Mara, which is their little counter service place. That's good, too. Something I really love when I walk in there is just how friendly the staff is. You know, oh, it sure. really makes you feel immersed. You know what I'm saying? Like, they come in these colorful garbs and... I just I just love it. You know what I'm saying? The like I when you look up and you just see these massive freaking pieces of wood and what they do with it, it's just it's so cool. And that's another thing that's cool is because that lobby is high. That lobby is really high. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it goes up to either 5 or 6 floors. Yeah. And what's cool is you can go up to that 6th floor and look down and look right into the lobby. Yeah. And that is really cool. Yeah, they the lobby area is really awesome. And it was funny because it was hot that day anyway because, you know, it's Florida. Sure. And we still managed to sit by the fire. I don't know why. <laughs> We're still just chilling by the fire, which is, my God, it's hot. But It's just inviting. Yeah, it is inviting. And, you know, it's just a cool area where you see people that get some drinks and they just sit over there and they just chill out and watch the fire. I mean, it's it's really cool. There's just so much to say. Like I'm overwhelmed by trying to think of everything to say yeah, because it, it is. It, it awesome. literally you can spend a good like half a day there. You know, like if you and your family just said, "Hey, you know, what are we gonna do today?" You can go over to Animal Kingdom, have somewhere to eat, and still manage to look around. Like we went there, it was not busy at all. We walked out. There was a giraffe literally like 20 feet from where we were. It was 
it was great because you can go outside and they have a cool little sitting area with with uh, chairs, rockers and stuff. You can just sit and watch the animals all around you. We had wildebeest to the left, had a giraffe in front of us, had a zebra to the right. It was awesome. Yeah. Dude, when I was younger, that, and I mean, obviously still now, that was my favorite resort because you could see the animals, man. If you get a room on that side of the resort, mm-hmm. you can open up your windows and they are right Have there. Have you ever had a room there? Oh, yes. It is, there's nothing cooler than just waking up, opening up your doors, and just seeing animals like that. Exactly. Downstairs. It's it's freaking nuts. It is. Now, have you ever been there at night? Well, I mean, obviously you stayed there, but like recently have you been there at night? No. Okay. They've started doing this thing, and they've been doing it for a while, but I wasn't aware of it until very recently. At night, you go down to where the pool is, and you keep going around. There's a ping pong table right there, but you keep going even past that. You're going to come to a hot tub. Keep going past that. Now you're on the back side of the savannah, right? There's a cast member there. And if you say, hey, can I look at the animals? They'll give you night vision goggles. They'll ask you not to look at the resort because it'll burn out your retinas. (laughs) Don't stare at the resort, guys. But they'll give you night vision goggles and you can look and see the animals. And it's so cool. I hate you. I got to go all the way back there, Bryce. Worst part is, is like I can't afford to stay there anymore. So it's like, you got to walk in, you got to leave. Exactly. But you yeah, don't want to. No, you don't. You're like, can I just, I can sleep in this cabana. You know, like, can I just sleep here? I'll wake up, I'll sweep, <laughs> I'll help it's the a pool very, guy. It's a very chill. Oh, yeah. Very relaxed. You know, exactly. It's a very chill resort. I love it. Yeah. And, and, and so you have stayed there, though, in the past. Yeah. yeah what yeah. did you think of the rooms? I liked it. I mean, we got to go back. I think we were, it was during hurricane season, and I think we were staying there because of a hurricane that was coming. I don't remember what, which one it was. I was there with my family. But it was big enough for us at the time for, like, me, my two brothers, and my uncle. We all just crashed in a big, big, big room. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the room was really nice, really well kept. I mean... It, it, again, it's nothing like, oh, my God, over the top. But, I mean, it was really nice, very spacious. I have no complaints. I really like the rooms there because they they bring the African flavor into the rooms as well. Like, they have a bunch of hand-carved wood and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. It feels really, really nice. Yeah. <sighs> Beds are great, which does not go without saying... <laughs> Because sometimes the beds are awful. Beds yeah. are great in there. Yeah. The other thing that I love about this place, the pool is huge. Yeah, it's massive. It is. And it's got one of my favorite features of any pool. It's a walk-in pool. Hmm. I know it's not unique to Animal Kingdom Lodge, but that is really, really fun. <laughs> like, there's just something about being able to walk into a pool the same way you would walk into the ocean. It's just it feels right. You're like I don't want to take steps. Who takes steps? Who takes steps into the ocean? <laughs> you got to I would definitely say it's definitely a must go see at the very least. If you're not going to stay there, it's definitely worth just going there. We'll get into the reviews of the restaurants a little later. I know that's yeah. something that we're going to want to talk about, but the I'm just saying right now the restaurants are worth going for even if you go to um what's the what's the buffet one? Is really good. Boma. Boma. 
and the, what's cool there, I think you can get their specialty chocolate that everybody loves, that zebra. The zebra domes. Yeah, that's what that <laughs> resort is known for, is the zebra domes, which is the only reason why a lot of people, I know a lot of people just go there specifically just for that. It is the best way I have ever ended a meal in Disney World. Like, as much as I like the bread pudding from Ohana, mm-hmm. it is not the zebra domes. Well, hardly because they're not so filling. You know, like, when you are yeah. when you get that bread pudding at the end of Ohana, you're just like, God, how, does this, how am I supposed to do this? Well, it's true. They're not as filling, but when you eat 15 of them, they yes, absolutely are. Yes, that's a problem, Bryce. I beg to differ that it's a problem <laughs> because I'm still in fine health. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. For now. For now. For now. All right, man. So we've talked about it. Now, what are some cons that you can think of? It's big. Mm-hmm. You're going to do a lot of walking, I guess. Um, it, it's it, easy to get lost. Yeah, that 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 is a con. It's not easy to go around. Like some of the signs, I was kind of like, we had GPS and the signs, and I was still <laughs> like, how am I getting lost? I feel so stupid. And But, I mean, really, there's really no for me, there's honestly nothing to be like stand out about that's even considered a bad thing. Yeah, it's big, but you'll be fine. If you're staying on the resort, you're going to be fine, you know? Yeah, it, it takes a minute to get a hold of the layout, but mm-hmm. once you find your room and then you go back to like their main spots, mm-hmm. you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. It's not a bad, like there, I'm kind of with you, man. There is nothing I can think of as a con for this place. No, there isn't. Every the the staff has been friendly. The rooms are really nice. The beds are nice. The food on property is great. Even if you're like, you know, I can't spend a lot, their their uh regular price food is great too. So the I mean, Mara is a great spot to go to. Exactly. So that's what I'm trying to say. It it kind of covers everything. Yeah, Jico, which is your fancy. You got your Sanaa, which is your kind of in between, and you got your Bulma. Which right. is your buffet. Yeah, which is your buffet. And then you have, what was the other one that you just said? The Mara, which the Mara. is like your counter service. Yeah, so you got everything covered, kind of. you know. And then you got these cool little souvenir stores in there. You got stuff where you can go ahead and get your you know, your waters, your suntan lotions. You know, all that stuff is in there. So you don't have to leave that place. You know what I'm saying? You really don't. And that's something that I think Disney is amazing at. Yeah, I agree. Because- like I've stayed at Hard Rock over at Universal. Mm-hmm. I love that resort, dude. It that is, place is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. However, there was a couple times where I was like, I gotta go to the store. I gotta go find a Walmart for this. Where if I wanted to pay the premium over at Disney, I could have. Yeah. So give me your star rating, man. I got with little to no complaints, you gotta give it a five out of five. Like I don't see how you don't. I agree with you. Dude, five star all day for me. I love this spot. It, Like I said, it's still my favorite resort on property. Yeah, I agree. Can't beat it. And now, our feature presentation. So, I am here right now to do this review of Captain Marvel with Jamie. Say hi, Jamie. Hello, everyone. Well, like I said, we are here to spoil Captain Marvel. 
Anything we want to talk about is up for grabs, so if you have not seen this movie yet, maybe you wait. If you don't care about spoilers, maybe you listen to it. In any case, Captain Marvel is written by Anna Bowden, is directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, and stars Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, Jude Law as a young rug, and Annette Benning as a supreme intelligence. So, let's just jump into it. Jamie, what did you like about the movie? I like the character of, obviously, the main character is Captain Marvel. Right. And I appreciated how they built up her story. You didn't, um, it didn't fully come together until the end, of course, but I like that it was trying to tell you piece by piece her backstory, as long as you picked up on the, uh, the little shots of her life uh, prior to uh, what she was trying to understand. You were you were understanding her life with her. So that's what was, um, was interesting about the movie, I thought. I was journeying on the same journey with her. Yeah, I liked that a lot because the story is being told to us through flashbacks, but Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, is learning exactly the same thing that we are learning. Right. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. What did you think of Captain Marvel as a character, though? I felt that she was... I liked her sarcasm. Right. I think that was fun and that was clever. That was a clever way of uh, portraying a female superhero. It helped to draw an audience close to her because you can... We like sarcasm. Like, I was telling, telling you this a little bit that I thought about Guardians of the Galaxy and that what drew me to that movie, aside from it's a good movie is the sarcasm and the funny little quips they get at each other. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And I felt like they did a good job with that in this movie, with her, the way she would talk to people in her uh, uh, squad or crew. And that was, uh, was fun to watch, I thought. Absolutely it was. And see, going into the movie, I was really, really worried that there was going to be no chemistry between her and Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of it. Going back to kind of like, oh, hey, we learn what Captain Marvel is like as Captain Marvel learns it. Her personality comes out more as the movie goes on as well. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Because she does have the sarcasm and whatnot when she's on Hala. Mm-hmm. But it's not all there and you can tell. Right. But once she gets to Earth, and things start moving and the story starts to progress. Mm. Like her mannerisms start to change just a little bit. She feels like she's coming more into her own. And it's just far more enjoyable to watch than anything their trailers had come across. Yeah, they didn't do a good job with the trailers on this. Because you watch the movie and it's it's just something completely different. That you were like, wow, I didn't... I didn't know I was going to get that from this movie because I wasn't prepared for that. Sure, exactly. Like in the trailer, we had that one scene of Captain Marvel shooting a photon blast out of her fist and exploding the jukebox, right? Right. And she did that because Nick Fury in the trailer asked her, hey, how do I know you're not a scroll?" And she does and She goes, there you go. Hmm. He goes, how am I supposed to know that? Says, photon blast. Scroll can't do that. How do I know that? It doesn't land. That joke in the movie wasn't funny. No. Nobody chuckled 
not not even a snicker I heard in that theater. And I've seen the movie twice now. And I know you have as well. Yeah, I was with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for them to have taken that shot and put it in the trailer and be like, hey, this is going to be the big comedy beat that we're going to show you guys. That's very worrisome. Why did they pick that out of all the other scenes I could think of offhand that were legitimately funny? Exactly. The trailers make it look like Brie Larson has no personality. She has quite a bit of personality. Yeah. Honestly, going into this movie, I was very worried about the character of Captain Marvel. Not only was I worried about the character of Captain Marvel, because I knew how much of an impact she's going to have on Endgame, I was starting to worry about Endgame a little bit. Sure, it's connected. Exactly. After seeing the movie, though, I feel much better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they did a good job at helping us to um, to understand, like I said, step by step, why is her character so fundamental to this storyline as well as the entire picture of uh, the Avengers? Samuel L. Jackson in this movie is playing Nick Fury from 1995. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He looked absolutely phenomenal. I was so distracted because it looked like, it just looked like a different person, but you knew it was him, obviously. But they did an amazing job with uh, making him re almost reverse age. Oh, yeah. The de-aging technology that they used on him was in was very impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only that, but he's 71. Samuel L. Jackson, the actor, is 71 as of right now, which means when he was filming Captain Marvel, he was probably 70-ish, maybe 69, right? I didn't, I didn't know he was that old. Wow. Exactly, and that's the point. He doesn't come across that way. You know how, like, older men have a little bit of quaver in their voice? Mm-hmm. No trace of it at all. No. It's really impressive. He looks strong. He actually ends up in a fist fight with Ben Mendelsohn in this movie, and it's very believable that it is a young Nick Fury. Sure. If you didn't know who he was, what he looked like, and his age, just because we live in a, hist live in a time where we've seen his work for many years... You would be just, you'd be like, I, I think this is a new, a new actor on the scene. <laughs> he did such a great job. He, he really, really did. Speaking of which, Ben Mendelsohn was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I really liked Ben Mendelsohn a lot. Ben Mendelsohn played Talos. He was the scroll leader, right? And he was great. And when he is Talos, the scroll. Mm -hmm. He puts on this, like, English accent. And you're like, okay. And it doesn't sound bad at all or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm listening to him. I'm like, who is this? I'm like, I feel like I know who this person is, like, the actor. I, but I could not for the life of me think of it. Once the scrolls get to Earth, Talos infiltrates S.H.I.E.L.D. and becomes the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. And the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., is Ben Mendelsohn. Right. And I thought that was great because it led to some really funny beats later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. He was a very good character. I felt I felt compelled to listen to what he had to say and to follow him and just it was it was a, he did a good job for that character and what that character needed to do. 
Sure. What did you think of the fact that the scroll were presented by all counts in the trailers and everything as the bad guys, Mm -hmm. and yet at the end there you had that flip where, oh, the scroll aren't the bad guy, the Kree are. I like that. I genuinely did not see that coming. Really? I think they did a good job with that. I mean, maybe someone like yourself who is good at figuring that things out, figuring things out like that quickly. Um, but as an as an average audience member, I didn't see. I, they did such a good job at indicating to me on all accounts that the scrolls were bad. They had bad intentions. They were out just to murder mass amounts of people. And when you got to, you never really got to know them. Other, you only had like it's almost like when you're in a a lawyer's case, so you're only hearing one side of it. Right. So, of course, you're like, all right, well, this is the only side I'm hearing, thereby I'm compelled to believe this because I have no other reason not to. Sure, sure, absolutely. Captain Marvel was just getting blasted, blasted before it even came out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of it was... The fact that the trailers, again, were really pushing that feminist side of, oh, she's a female hero. Like, they, the trailers had one where it said, you're going to follow a her or something like that. <laughs> and then the her slid over and an O appeared. It's like, yeah, yeah, we get it. It's a female. She's a hero. We got it. <laughs> like subliminal messaging. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think of it? Was the feminist agenda, if you will, if you will, like really in your face? Did you even see it? Um, I didn't because I felt she was I felt like she was a standalone character. She didn't necessarily need to be supported. She didn't need to be held up. She she held her own in every sure. situation and I now I will say as far as like presenting her with, as a female superhero, I was happy just because I've seen it so many times in movies done that she didn't have a male love interest. <laughs> that just annoys me because I'm like, you don't need this in every single movie. I get why it's there on a majority of movies, but I was excited that this this person, this superhero w- was able male or female, but this was a female did not have to have that as her focus ever in the movie. Yeah, and I get that. It's drama. People like drama, and Mm -hmm. that's where you get it, you know? Sure. Like, for me, you could see where the feminist issue was being addressed, Mm -hmm. but it never felt, like, forced or too much. It never felt like, hey, these characters are acting cartoonish or anything like that. Right. I was talking to a friend of mine who said, you know what? They even went as far as to say, you know why they call it a cockpit, don't you? So to set the scene for that, I suppose, there's an Air Force fighter because Captain Marvel is in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And there is a male character talking to Captain Marvel. And he's just a cocky guy being cocky. Like it it wasn't it wasn't a huge thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. And then there was another scene where a guy pulls up on a motorcycle and she's standing there with a map trying to figure things out. He's like, hey, honey, nice scuba suit. Why don't you give me a smile? 
smile for me. Hey, come on, smile for me. And people are giving that scene a bunch of crap. Like, that's ridiculous. That'll never happen. I have literally seen that happen. That sounds realistic. It's very realistic. It is a female character that you are following. She's a pretty female character. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that could conceivably happen to her. Mm -hmm. Why not put it in the movie? Like, I don't know. It seems weird for people to be getting upset about it because it's not over the top. It's not in your face, really. Right. I mean, you didn't even notice it. No. If I had to think about it real hard, it would be, like you said, it's not in your face. It's just in certain scenes and in the field that she was in in her life on on Earth before this. She was in a field that predominantly was mostly men who were in this field. Exactly. In 1995. Right. Like... There has been a lot of progress between 1995 and today and mm -hmm. the women's rights in the workforce. I mean, people are still complaining about it now, so it couldn't have been that much better in 1995. Exactly. So, I don't know. It really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that glaring of an issue, mm -hmm. you know? One of my favorite characters, and I kind of expected that it wasn't, but... Goose the cat <laughs> turned out not to be a cat. He right. was a flurkin. I feel like they set up the reveal of him being a flurkin very poorly. Mm -hmm. With Talos just flat out saying, that's no cat, that's a flurkin. <laughs> okay, like, I know why you did that. Mm -hmm. But the first time we see Goose the cat being a flurkin is fantastic. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's supposed to come out of nowhere, and it still kind of does because we don't know what a flurkin is unless you're reading the comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, hey, this is not a normal cat, right? Mm-hmm. So sure. when giant tentacles spring from its mouth and he eats the tesseract, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> that's what a flurkin is. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Like, you're expecting something. It's like when you go to a movie, and a person who has already seen that movie goes, did you see the twist coming? You're like, mm -hmm. well, I haven't seen the movie, but now I know there's a twist. <laughs> so now I'm looking for something to be off. Right. Right? Like I did to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Point taken. So, as much as I didn't like how they set it up, I thought the character was a lot of fun. I thought the character was really cool. And uh, adorable. Oh, I was super cute. Oh, the cutest cat. I was like, there's no there's no deceit in this cat. <laughs> and then the cat has tentacles coming out of its mouth. You're like, whoa. <laughs> what did you think of the relationship that Fury and the cat had? I, I really liked how from the get-go, he was like, oh my gosh, kitty, kitty, kitty. And he's petting the cat. And also, he's on the floor with the cat. <laughs> I was like... Man, this man loves. Need to get him a cat. Right. He loves animals. Well, he got to end up keeping Goose, which was cool. Yeah. In the trailer, it didn't feel right. Like, I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that Nick Fury is losing his mind and scratching this cat. Right. But in the context of the movie, it really worked. Mm -hmm. Because it's a Nick Fury from 1995. 
He's not as jaded. He hasn't seen as much. This is the first time he is ever experiencing anything like this. Yeah, right. He had no no belief system even in an out in a alien life form. Exactly. And he, why would he? You know what I'm saying? Right. So to see him be less hard-nosed and hard up, it was really cool and it worked and it made sense in the movie. But again, it was another one of the bits from the trailer that just really turned me off of the movie. Mm-hmm. One thing I was super happy to see in this movie, though, Agent Phil Coulson. I was so happy to see him back on the freaking big screen. It was great. Yeah. Oh, man. What did you like about him? Just that he was back. Yeah. He hadn't been in a movie since Avengers. Mm, that's true. You know? And he was such, like, he wasn't an integral part of the team. Mm-mm. You know, he's not out there blowing people away, but he was the heart of the team. He brought everybody together. Right. It is literally Coulson that makes Captain America and Tony go out into the Battle of New York and finish th- and finish stuff. Mm-hmm. So to see him back on screen was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The de-aging effects on him looked great. Right. They did a lot well. With this movie. But alas, no movie is perfect. And neither is Captain Marvel. I did have some issues with it. The pacing for me in the beginning was really, really, really painfully slow. Oh, you thought so? I really did. Everything on Hala, and then you're going and doing the recon mission to get the one guy off the planet as a rescue mission. Mm Mm-hmm. They had action beats within it, mm-hmm. and I think that might have been part of the problem was because every time an action beat started getting going, they mm-hmm. cut away to story and exposition. You're like, come on. Like It felt like the movie kept tripping over itself. You don't feel like that was necessary to help build and piece together her life? Well, here's the thing. Because once they get to Earth, they do that as well, right? They cut away, they tell her past, they help tell her story. Mm-hmm. But it flows better. It feels more natural. It feels like it should go there. I feel like the directors were like, oh my God, we have to put something here. Boom, here you go. Gotcha. And it kept like stumbling, getting going. Once it got going, like the second act on, like I said, once she gets to Earth, mm-hmm. it's a really good movie. It is a really good movie. Matter of fact, someone we didn't talk about was her friend Rambo. Right. She was fantastic. Yeah. She was really good, and for the life of me at the moment, I can't remember the actress's name, but she did a really good job. hmm You know, she had a bit of a cliched exchange with Captain Marvel when they're, the two of them are alone. hmm Talking about, like, oh, it's not hard for you to come back. What's hard is missing you, and what's hard is losing you. Like, it is a bit cliched. But the actress did a really good job with it. Mm-hmm. Like, she really was emoting. Like, she was trying to get this scene to work. Right. And at the end of the day, I think that it did. Well, and this friend was vital for the storyline. Right. She was the person that Captain Marvel would flash back to along with her mentor. So those were the two people she would try to find, and she would want to know, who are these people? Why are they in my memories? What do they mean to me? And then when you see her develop, or redevelop, I should say, with Rambo, 
you see uh, other parts of uh, Captain Marvel's actual personality right. from her other life come out. Right, her fun-loving side. Like, they're showing her pictures of herself at Halloween and her dressing up and having a fun time. Mm-hmm. Her interacting with the daughter of Rambo. And forgive me, Rambo is the last name, and I know that, and I just cannot <laughs> remember the first name. It's killing me. <laughs> but that's what it is. Like, she's just she's playing with her daughter, and it's like she's having a good time. And up to that point, really, all the memories that we've been seeing from Captain Marvel have been bad, and they've been just really sucky memories like <laughs> right exactly she remembers seeing her mentor get shot in the chest and this and this mm-hmm. it's crazy but now she's starting to remember some good memories and that's a nice way to build a connection to the character mm-hmm. exactly so i love that but that doesn't happen until you get to earth mm-hmm. so what else is it you didn't like about the movie i really liked the scrolls and i loved the way they looked when they transformed because we actually got to see them change shape and that was really, really cool. It really was. I enjoyed that a lot. Like, it was a crazy effect. It looked like their skin was ripping apart and stuff. Like, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. That said, when they're scrolls, you cannot tell them apart. That is very true. It To the point where it's confusing. Okay. And seeing the movie twice, once they get to Earth, there's like three or four of them. One dies, but the one that dies looks exactly (laughs) like the other two who are not Talos. I know. I at one point thought that Talos died because I was like, wait, which which scroll was that? Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's really frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. And it was just unnecessary confusion. In my opinion. And like the scrolls in the comics, they do look very similar because they're part of the same race, obviously. But I don't know. I feel like they could have done a little bit more to differentiate the different scrolls that are on screen than what they did. Okay. Marvel Studios last year gave us Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Where you had a character who it looked like there was seven of them at a time on screen phasing in and out of walls. Right? Right. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. It looked really, really good. Your two main characters are growing and shrinking without thinking about it. Looks really cool. Mm-hmm. The movie right before that was Infinity War. And Thanos looked incredible. Sure. Ne- I'll be honest with you. Never once, for a second, while watching Infinity War... Was I like, that is a CGI monster. Mm-hmm. It always looked like it was there and that it should be there. It was awesome. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. And yet somehow that same company ended up giving us some really, really bad effects in this movie. Like what? One scene in particular, she ends up getting hit or, or something. I She gets blown off a ship. That's what it was. She gets blown off a ship, and she's falling through the air, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And she's trying to steady herself and get an idea of where she's at. And then she kind of does it, and we're looking at her from the back, and you see the the ground coming up on her fast. Mm Mm-hmm. And she flips over, 
She goes, oh, yeah. Like, in her mind, she's like, oh, yeah, I can fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's trying to remember what she can do. She has no idea what her abilities are. Exactly. And <laughs> takes off. Flies. Mm-hmm. That scene looked so bad. <laughs> it was unbelievable. She did. She took off and she flew before she hit the ground. But it looks like there should be a crater in the ground because the way that that shot made it look, mm-hmm. it looked like she slammed into the ground. It just did not look good. Then when she went full Captain Marvel and she had the aura flying all around her. Right. Well, that's not Brie Larson anymore. That is a CGI character. And it looked like a CGI character at times. And it's like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. I know you can do better than this. That's the thing. Once they put themselves on a certain level, you're going to hold them to that well, same of standard. Of course, because now in Endgame, when Thanos looks awesome and he's fighting Captain Marvel, is Captain Marvel going to look like a video game? Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I don't know. It just let me down because we have seen how awesome their effects can be. Why wasn't it? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. You could should be able to expect it. Exactly. Now, what about you? Did you have any problems or complaints with the movie? Uh, They're very minimal because I really did enjoy the movie a lot. Sure. Uh, the only thing I could think of offhand would be that I was distracted because, like we were mentioning, how they reverse-aged uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, Nick uh-huh. Fury. And it was to the point, in my opinion, that it was distracting how different his face was. Right. I'm not saying they did a bad job at it. It's just it was almost so noticeably different to the to the point that you're like, this is just the whole movie. I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I just I couldn't get past it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. That's fair. I mean, if it, if it was bothering you, it was bothering you. They did a very similar thing in Justice League where they photoshopped out Henry Cavill's mustache. Mm. That was incredibly jarring. (laughs) And it was like that in a scene that nobody wanted in the movie. Right. But in any case, we're not here to talk about Justice League. We're here to talk about Captain Marvel. (laughs) All right. So the time has come. I've said my piece. You said yours. Mm-hmm. what would you give this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? All right. So, as you said, not a perfect movie, but in my opinion, it was a really fun and enjoyable movie, to say the least. So I would give it a solid 8. That is a very good score. Yeah. Where does it rank for you among like other Marvel movies? I would put it... Um, I did really, really enjoy Infinity War, and that's that can't really be this can't surpass that just because of the element of characters and story they have in that, and I'm I feel like Endgame might even surpass that, so I'm not gonna try to support try to uh, put that anywhere but where it needs to be, which is one. Right. Uh, Captain Marvel for me probably would be at least in the top top three movies, top three Marvel movies for me. Really? Maybe top, I don't know, top five, top three, somewhere in there. That's that's really impressive. It was good. I thought they did a nice, I thought they did a good job. They really did. It was a good movie. It was enjoyable. 
for me, it was nothing that blew my socks off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some of the visuals were really cool. Oh, and one thing we didn't talk about at all was all of the love that Stanley got. Oh, that was so nice. Yeah. It was really nice. It was really cool to see all of the Stanley cameos rolling through the Marvel logo at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. I really liked his cameo in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very meta cameo because it's Stan Lee cameoing as Stan Lee, <laughs> who's reading to cameo in Mall Rats. It's crazy. It, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I did too. And I don't know if you were going to mention this, but in both of our uh, movie theaters we went to see this movie at, we went to a smaller theater and then we went to see it in Dolby. So we went to a very large theater. And in both of those theaters, there was at the end of those opening credits, everybody applauded because of Stanley's appearance or not his appearance I'm sorry because of his credits that featured him yeah exactly and then when they were done it came up and said thank you Stan Lee mm-hmm. that was really nice yeah it was really cool I, I like that they did that yeah me too that being said I didn't think the movie was perfect it didn't blow my socks off like I said mm-hmm. it fell very much in the middle for me okay you know I, I would give it a seven out of ten mm-hmm not a bad movie, not a bad score. As far as, like, for me, I would put it above, like, Guardians 2, but below Iron Man. Right. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys, so those are our thoughts on Captain Marvel. Have you guys seen it? Let us know what you thought. Like I said, this is a spoiler discussion, so feel free. Anyway, guys, thanks so much. Peace. That's the end, for this week anyway. I wanted to thank you all for listening. You can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on DigiFox Studios Network, the Fox Playbox. Just type in foxplaybox.com, and you can find all the shows on our network. If you would be so kind as to like, favorite, and subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it, and so would Chris. It helps us get up through the ranks so more people can find our show. Helps keep us relevant, right? Yeah, it's always good to be relevant. Always. And if you have done that, share us with somebody. Nothing is better than word of mouth. Caring, guys. On behalf of our entire crew, thanks for soaring with us. <laughs>